waves, my waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hey, it's Nancy Herald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And today, we have a fabulous guest, but before we bring her on, I always like to tell you a story. So sit back and relax, and today the story is called Choosing to Believe in What You Cannot See. So here we go. This story is about a young couple struggle to create prosperity in their lives when they chose to believe in something bigger than themselves. They learned to have faith. Holly and Michael were college sweethearts, and when you meet them, you immediately realize that they are over the moon in love with each other. This compatible pair married when they were in their early 20s and became proud parents of a baby girl not long after. With life happening quickly, neither were able to complete school and receive their degrees. But they were both bright young people with the same goal, to create a happy, comfortable life for their little family. They worked to achieve their goal, but never seemed to catch a break in life. They ran into hurdle after hurdle, trying to find suitable employment, affordable daycare, and a safe place to live. Michael fully intended to finish college and obtain his degree, but with their living expenses and another baby on the way, he was not able to. He had no choice but to work full-time to pay their bills. Michael told me that he realized that finishing school would have to wait. Although his father was not present when he was growing up, he gained strength from his mother, and he did and she did her best to help the new family in any way she could, considering her multiple sclerosis. Holly's mom helped, too, as often as she could, and they both enjoyed having a granddaughter around. Michael and Holly realized that the weight of providing for their family rested on their shoulders. They were offered an opportunity to move closer to their grandparents several states away to find higher-paying positions. When they arrived, the grandparents assured them that they would be much better off. But... As the months passed, the couple didn't, things didn't get better. They got worse. Michael had an hour drive to work and was barely making enough money to cover the bills. And Holly had to take on a full-time job. She confessed to me that this was a difficult time for them. She said, we felt like we were in a deep hole that was sinking fast and we were having difficulty climbing out. We were behind in our bills and Michael was in a dead-end job and we needed a more reliable vehicle. I mean, we had a difficult time seeing any light in our situation, she said. So they made an agreement with each other to go to church. They decided to let go and trust in God. They began to have faith in something they couldn't see. Now, Holly commented that when the collection plate was passed down the pew, they didn't have much money to give, but always gave what they had. Even if they only had $5, the money was placed in the collection plate on Sunday morning at their church. Holly and Michael both expressed to me that this was their way of asking a higher power to bless them financially as they were sacrificing what little money they had to give to others. Our hope was that our prayers would be answered and heard, they told me. We had nowhere else to turn. We agreed that asking a higher power was our last hope, they added, and we had no choice but to believe in God. They made an agreement to pray every day for a happy, more prosperous life for their family. Michael wore headphones at work and he began listening as he listened to music just to keep 
you know, the monotony out. He said he made a change and he started to listen to the books of the Bible. He said that listening had helped him remain peaceful. They searched for a church where they felt comfortable and found one close to home that felt right. They continued to pray daily. Holly said it worked out perfectly. She joined a women's prayer group at the new church where all they do is pray. They pray for people who are sick or in need. But the joy of the ladies in the group seemed infectious, and she caught herself smiling and laughing again. A year flew by, and they were in the same situation financially, but with a more positive mindset when the news came for them to return home. There had been an accident, and Michael's mom had suddenly passed away. The news was devastating for the family. They packed up the car and the kids the following day, and they told me that it was a long, somber drive down the interstate to home. Arriving in town late at night, the family checked into a nearby hotel, and they woke early to meet Michael's family members. This was a sorrowful time for all of them. Michael's uncle Ben had been appointed executor of his mother's will. He immediately approached Michael upon his arrival at his Aunt Betty's house. Bill gave him a huge hug and told him how sorry he was for the loss of his mom. Michael recalls him blurting out, I hope you'll move home soon. Your mom has left you her home, he added. You know there's no mortgage on the property. She paid it off a couple years ago. Michael was shocked. He knew that he had prayed for a better life, but this was not how he expected things to work out. He and Holly had a choice to move home, and their decision didn't take long, as they realized they were being guided back to their roots. And this was an enormous amount of information to process, but they explained to me that they felt divinely guided. Michael confessed that the loss of his mother is something that he continues to work through, and it's difficult to lose a parent, he told me, especially when you're not expecting them to go, he said. After returning home, Michael found a great position at a company that he loved working for, and he's recently been promoted to a supervisory position. Holly's been blessed with an abundance of freelance work since arriving back home. But they expressed to me that they were led back home for a better life, and they feel that their devotion and faith in God, as well as their prayers, changed their life. Michael feels that his mother watches over them, and they continue to pray and remain faithful to the Lord. They told me it was their faith in a higher power that someone bigger than themselves was watching out for them, and that that's what gave them peace. And there you have it. There's our story for the day. Make you think, huh? All right. Today we have a fabulous guest, and she's waiting for us. Her name is Prema Lee Grary, and her book is called Your Sacred Wealth Code. Hey, Prema, welcome to High Road. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'll tell, I'll, I'm so happy that you're here, and I love your book. Let me give a little bio, and then you can tell us um, your story, because I love your story. Let me give you guys a little information about Prema. Um, she is committed to creating a world where everyone is empowered to live on purpose in a way that is aligned with their high-valued gifts and their birthright of true prosperity. I love that. Um, Prema is a leading Vedic astrologer, which we're going to ask her about, soul advisor, business consultant, and energy practitioner with more than 25 years of experience. She's got a number one best-selling award-winning author, or she is a number one best-selling award-winning author of your sacred wealth code, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Prema, how did you get into this? And tell our audience, I read your book, but tell them how you figured this whole thing out and what it's all about. All right. Big question. So um, I'll, I'll start and then um, you interject and we'll, we'll converse about it at 80 point because there's a lot there's a lot in here. Yes, I just first want to say that, um, first of all, I'm thrilled to be here and that um, 
I just want to give a slight definition of what your sacred wealth code is, and we'll unpack it from here, and then I'll dive into my story. And so your sacred wealth code really is within your soul blueprint, uh, the intersection of where purpose and prosperity actually intersects. And that is where we actually find wealth. And my definition of wealth is whatever you need to fulfill your purpose. And it's really unique to each and every one of us. And that's why this uh, body of work as it sort of downloaded and came through me, um, although it's based on a scientific principle, which I'll talk to you about, uh, that I'm so passionate about it because wealth is so individual. And in our culture these days, um, we're just, we find ourselves um, being programmed and gravitating towards um, what we might think makes us feel wealthy. And unless we've gotten intimate with what we really desire and what, you know, what wealth is for us personally, then a lot of times we work towards something and get there and realize, oh, this, this isn't, this isn't giving me any, you know, fulfillment or satisfaction right, or what right. I really want. Right. So that's what, that's what, um, one of the things that makes me so passionate about the work. And the other thing is that I really believe when I say your soul blueprint, uh, we all have a soul blueprint and there's lots of different modalities, let's say to go in and, and, and tune into that. But I believe that we all are, have access to that personally. So I'm really passionate about helping people open up and tune in, um, to the greater part of themselves and their soul choices because you're feeling it anyway. And so, um, when this body of work, uh, started to download for me, I was, I had a yoga and healing arts center. I had been a yoga teacher among an intuitive and Vedic astrologer and many things for many years, but I had this really big, beautiful, uh, yoga and healing arts center. And it was a little bit, when I, when I dove into it, it was a little bit more than I was looking for at the time. I just wanted to have my own place, but I ended up training teachers and having practitioners and, and it was oh, gorgeous. Yeah. And it was in Seattle. I was on Bainbridge Island, just near Seattle, Washington. Okay. And a little ahead of its time, uh, and a, and a pretty high overhead. And it was a six figure in sales business, but not enough of it was coming to me for me to feel really wealthy. And in fact, I was getting kind of worn out, um, at running the business, teaching, doing a lot of my purpose. And I really felt like I was on purpose, right. but the finances weren't enough to fully support me. And, you know, um, isn't that just crazy? I'm going to stop you. There. Yeah, yeah, please. because that's just yeah. crazy because that's what I like about your book and what you just said a minute ago. You said we have to figure out what is what does wealth mean to us? And here you are. You're in your you think, OK, I'm, you're in your space and you're doing your thing and you think, OK, this is it. And but the money's not coming. And that's a, a lot of us are at that point. So continue, please. <laughs> yes. And so, um, and you know, and like I said, it was six figure in sales, but you know, it took a lot of overhead. And, and so that extra, it always seemed like there just wasn't fully enough for me to co completely thrive. So as I was really, I mean, I really tried to mojo this work, this with every spiritual principle I knew, um, working on clearing my blocks, got help from, from other practitioners, got business, you know, coaching all, all the things. And what I realized uh, after trying everything and at a certain point, I mean, my marriage fell apart during this time, not, not just because of this other things too, but what I realized was something was amiss and I, and I was just really searching for what was amiss. And I remember being like in just that dark night in my soul and going in to teach a 6:30 AM class and unlocking the door of this big, beautiful center that we really had built out from a brand new building. Right. And I just, I, 
I kept asking, you know, what do I need to do next? And I heard it again. I heard surrender. Now, the spiritual principle of surrender to me is open up, open up to the unknown, let go. But I heard it a different way this time. And I and it was you actually need to let this go. Like, well, you're going to have to tell us what you did when we come back from break, because this is a really cool story. And this is the real deal. And I think there's so many people out there that um, that you're going to help with this story and with your book and with your journal too. I love all this stuff. So we are here today, um, folks. We are here with Prema Lee Guerreri, and we'll be back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity. And we are here with Prema Lee Guerreri, and I'm probably not pronouncing her name right. I hope I am. Um, you got it's right. called, you got oh, it right. thank you. Thank you. Her book is called Your Sacred Wealth Code Unlock Your Soul's Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity. And um, before we went to break, Prema was telling, her, telling us what happened to her and how she got to this point. So please finish your story, Prema. Yeah. So I was talking about being in the dark night of the soul. And, you know, the dark night of the soul, if any of you are facing that, that's where it looks like there's everything in the outside world. You've tried everything or there's nowhere to turn. And the only place to go is on your knees and diving inward even more. So I heard surrender at a, in a different way. And I really needed to let this, this center go after trying to get a partner and trying to sell the business and several other things. And in the dissolution and in finally letting it go, it really was my, my path to freedom in a big way. But what I vowed to do was stay on my knees until I figured out where I was off because I knew I was on purpose at a certain level. And what I discovered was that I, this is when the sacred wealth code sort of revealed itself in a new way. It's based on a scientific principle in Vedic astrology that looks at wealth. That's where purpose and prosperity intersect with your planets in your, in your chart. But as I really dove into what was holding me back, I saw in a different way that I had been 
actually not fully standing in my wealth code, which is your highest value gifts you have to give give to the world. Now you have a lot of divine gifts, but these are the ones that have the highest value to the world that will unlock something in the world that only you can unlock. And I had been doing too much of the administration. I'm good at that. I've been hired for that. I can mediate, I can run companies, but I was spending, I just didn't have enough full bandwidth in my gifts. So, so, so let me ask a question. I don't yeah. mean to interrupt, but so you, what you're saying is you weren't focusing on your gift. You were doing everything. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. in my gifts, um, but I was doing, I was doing too much of everything. And right. especially when you're running something big and this is a big center, right. uh, you really need to surround yourself. And I vowed to never do things alone again with <laughs> a team of people who are there giving their gifts. So, um, wow. you know, bringing, bringing somebody else in to do the things that maybe like, I'm good at a lot of things. I'm kind of cursed with that, right. but what am I spectacular at? And the other thing is I hadn't really come out of the closet on being the intuitive that I am. And I was oh. a lot of people's best kept secret. And that was actually the thing I was paid the most for. Not, um, But it wasn't my front line. So I, ha I learned that I had to really step into my gifts and I had to um, clear the blocks around the identity I had of having to work really hard and had, you know, having to be the one who does it all. Now, I lived on my own since I was 15. I was very independent. I didn't have right. someone taking care of me. So, of course, these, these patterns get built in early in life. But in letting go of all that, the Sacred Wealth Code really revealed itself to me. And I vowed to never do it alone again within about a six-month period of time. I turned things around. I went back uh, into uh, into business in a new way, online and with um, just some small groups and then one-on-ones who were paying me a much higher rate because they wanted to dive deeper. They wanted that deep personal care that really I'm wired up to give and go the distance with somebody. So, and since then, um, I, it has evolved in a lot of different ways, but I am um, helping and have helped many people connect with their wealth code, which is their highest value gifts and help them find a way to break through their blocks and barriers and to use those gifts either in their current work in the world or the work they want to be doing. Right, because we all have a gift and we all come here and we all have something special about each one of us. Each one of us is unique. And a lot of times we get stuck in a job and we don't do what we're here to do. Isn't that pretty much it's, what it is? It is so true. And all of you listening in, I bet you can relate to either are you now doing something you don't really want to be doing or have you in the past? Or is there, you know, you like what you're doing, but you know in your heart there's something that you so want to do more. And it may not be directly connected to your career. Maybe it's, you know, I've helped people, you know, get the book out they needed to get out or start that foundation or, you know, or some charity project. It can it can show up in a lot of ways. You know, I want to back up a little bit on, on one thing. And you talk about um, being intuitive and not telling everybody. And, and that hits home with me because I was a real estate broker for years and I didn't tell people that I was intuitive. And why do you think you didn't? Were you just because people look at you different, don't they? Well, it, it actually was a pattern from uh, from earlier in life, and especially from my mother. I was a very, and this is nothing against my mom, beautiful woman, but I was a very sensitive being. I was also gifted with the gifts of being pretty um, grounded in the world. So, um, but I was very emotional and was very sensitive, and I was very tapped in. So I just it wasn't like I was walking around as this, you know, um, psychic child just you know, predicting the world, but I was tapped in and it kind of freaked my mom out. And you know, <laughs> I can so relate I had to, to that. that under wraps. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> yeah, because you say things you're not supposed to say, and they're like, how did that come out of that kid's mouth? I know what you're talking about. You That's know what I'm talking about? Yes, and I, ma'am. <laughs> and I was really blessed to have a grandmother and have an aunt, um, and especially my grandmother, who who got me. And I, and I ended up being the kid that they farmed out the most. And so she gave um, me a, a safe place to be and explore different subjects with her. But it freaked my mom out. And I learned to keep it. I, I learned to keep it under wraps. Yeah. Until I finally. Um, and she wasn't. And because of that, when you have a pattern and I do a lot of energy clearing, when you have a pattern going on, um, what happened or some programming is you, then you attract other. So of course I attracted other people in my life who that part of me was not acceptable. So I reinforced it. Right. And, that's and that becomes an identity. And then we have to get over ourselves and we have to let go of those identities. If we really want to open up into all of who we are and grow. And right. Exactly. I want to ask you really quick about Vedic astrology because honestly I don't I don't know anything about it um how did you find out about it how did you get into it because it seems like that's kind of the key that that got you on this road is that right yeah it is actually uh so Vedic astrology comes from the Vedas, comes from um, India and comes from the Vedas, some of the oldest spiritual texts over 6,000 years old. I was in the yoga tradition for many, many years since I was, I've been doing yoga since I was 15 years old wow. um, and teaching from my early 20s. So that whole body of work, that whole spirituality made so much sense to me in the spiritual texts. So I had always studied um, Western astrology, but then when I became aware of Vedic astrology, which is called Jyotish, the science of light, where okay. Ayurveda is the science of life, it comes from the Vedas as well. Okay. Uh, Deepak Chopra brought that to the West. Well, when I was exposed to Vedic astrology, my um, my now mentor and has been my mentor for many, many years. And in fact, um, yeah, we're on the, the board of uh, Vedic Astrology Association together. But uh, he said to me, you, you know, you need to do this. This is this is your path. You need to to do this and, um, and practice this. And I, and I said, I got, I'm doing other things, you know, I've got this yoga <laughs> center. And, and then he knocked on the door again and he said, no, actually you, you, and I heard him that time. And I, when I opened the door to this body of work, I devoured it. And, um, and again, I had been steeped in that tradition for many years. So what it is, is again, this body of work, um, this astrology, we, the different, the main difference without geeking out on you all too much is there's one zodiac, okay, uh, con- the constellations, and they're the same. Uh, we keep time a little bit differently, and in my opinion, it's more accurate in Vedic astrology. And we also are looking from the, at the sidereal zodiac as opposed to the tropical zodiac. So we're looking at it from a different. Think about it from a different um, point on the planet. We're looking at it, and the planets, if you look by transit right now, happen to be in the constellations that. Vedic astrology subscribes them to be, and we're just a, a few degrees off than the Western system. It just is a little bit different in that way. It's a very okay. deep, complex system. Um, it's like going into a beautiful glass mansion and being able to look at something in the center for, and from many, many, many different rooms. And it's a lifelong study. And I, and I, for me, I'm not about prediction. Um, some people predict because I think that robs people of choices. I'm about helping you understand what your soul choices are. 
um, what your gifts are, what your soul challenges are, and helping you to break through them. So I don't just give information because my gifts wire me up for the inside intuitive level, for the helping you connect with your own intuition, your own soul level, helping you break through your blocks and barriers on a healing level, and then the practical action. And that's why I'm also a business consultant, intuitive business consultant, because I help people right. take inspired action, but I help them find their right inspired action. And then I collaborate and strategize with them. So you help people find their blueprint, what they're here to do, basically. Absolutely. What and they're help here them. to do or get past, or maybe they know, but they, they, you know, they're stuck behind a couple of barriers. Yeah. Right. Right. I understand that. That is awesome. You know, a lot of people, you know, and talk about, oh, well, I look good on the inside, but she looks great on the outside. But a lot of people are really um, miserable on the inside and you're really helping people work on their inside and getting it cleared up and being beautiful on the inside, which is more important actually. And I think that's awesome, by the way. Well, and that's, that's really my, my, my underlying, um, my underlying sole purpose is living from the inside out and teaching others to do so as well. And that can show up in many forms. Our purpose can show up in many different ways. And the Sacred Wealth Code is one of the ways I help people to do that. Now, don't you feel like, and I feel like you have to change your consciousness, and that's another thing we've talked about, um, but yeah. you have you have to know what you want, and then you have to, re this is what I'm getting from this, and you can correct me. So you have to know what you want, know what your soul path is, and feel it in your heart. I really like that, that you talk about, feel it in your heart. You know, it doesn't matter what you think in your head. What does your heart say you really want to do? Because when you're doing what your heart says, the money always comes. That's how I always figure it, right? <laughs> well, and let's 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 take the word money out for a moment, and let's say okay. the, wealth, the wealth comes, because um, so in our culture, we equate wealth with money because of the common currency of exchange it is, but it is energy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I sit here in my beautiful dream home and I'm looking at my, my property and my garden, and of course there's computers and things around, all of this was purchased with money, right? Mm -hmm. But wealth is very different for each and every one of us, and it's not the only aspect. Underneath all of it, we're all looking for joy or for peace or fulfillment or a deep sense of satisfaction. And so we want to know what that is. And in fact, that's why my book is very much of a workbook. I ask you deep questions. There's an online portal. Um, I've created a journal and, and, um, and oracle cards. And I teach you to drop into your heart because that's the gateway to your soul. And you want your head, your brilliant mind to follow the wisdom of your heart. And that's the do it from the inside out process. And in the first part of the book, I take you through what, and also in my sacred wealth journey, I take you to understand what your wealth dream is by asking you some potent questions so you can create your own wealth dream and your own vision. And most people find that actually their wealth dream is very different than they thought it was. Yeah, yeah, because once you have to sit and think about it and write it down, because I did your exercises in your book, and I really enjoyed it, by the way. Um, I really loved your cards, too. I haven't, you haven't talked too much about your Oracle <laughs> cards. She has, okay, so what Prema has, she has a wonderful book, and it does have exercises in the book, which I've been doing, and I think it's awesome. And because we can all learn, let me tell you. And then she has these Sacred Wealth um, Oracle cards, and I've been drawing one of those every day. And, um, and we're going to talk more about those because you've got a pot and I've never seen anything like this before um they're beautiful cards first of all but they have a positive and it's almost like a positive and a negative do you call it like a shadow you call it's it the shadow light, side the light side your high value gifts and then it has the shadow side yeah and so much and which is the fourth pillar of wealth which we can talk about later but the um you know one of your greatest gateways to wealth is unlocking your shadow that's where a lot of your gifts are locked up 
Yeah, because as you look at the, I read the card and I think, oh, yes, that's me. And then I read the shadow and I'm thinking, Oh, well, somebody's in that too. Yeah. So how do I, but, but, but what it does is, and I correct me if I'm wrong, it makes you aware, you know, of, okay, I'm doing okay, but maybe I need to work on these things over here. So it's kind of cool. So we'll talk about it when we get back. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity, but make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. traditions vary around the world. Citizens of Finland visit the sauna on Christmas Eve and listen to the national piece of Christmas radio broadcasts. Norway is the birthplace of the Yule log cake. And in Greece, many people believe in goblins that cause mischief during the 12 days of Christmas. Captain John Smith drank the first eggnog in his 1607 Jamestown settlement. Nog comes from the word grog, which refers to any drink made with rum. Since Christmas arrives in Australia in the middle of summer, jingbangs or crowds of Aussies celebrate at the beach with beer and Skittles. This is the time each year where we have to climb up to the sky parlor or attic to fetch our Christmas lights. What's the word for decorating till we're about to collapse? Flip floppus. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road. And we are so blessed today to have Prema Lee Guerrero, and her book is called Your Sacred Wealth Code, Unlock Your Soul's Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity. And Prema, tell everybody where they can get your book and, and tell them yeah, your website. Absolutely. Yeah. So the easiest way, uh, my company is called Solutionary, and there's that's my main website. But I'm going to give you the, the easy way, which is sacredwealthcode.com, sacredwealthcode.com. And when you go there, take the free quiz because it'll tell you one of your sacred wealth code archetypes. It'll give you some great training that goes along with it. And, and so then you've walked into the door to understanding more of you. Uh, I also do readings. My book, my cards, my journal is all available there. All my programs are there. But if you want to just hop, grab the book, hop on, you know, Amazon is another way you can do that. And, um, and I just released the Sacred Wealth Code Journal, which goes beautifully with the book. And it goes beautifully just with the deck of cards where you pick a card like Nancy's talking about. But it gives you the soul prompts um, on what you're going to glean from that card and also teaches you how to drop into your heart on a daily basis and get your own wisdom. And it's got a whole all my stuff has online portal also with meditations and things. And it's on the table of contents so you can have a guide through the process. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'm going to tell you guys, I I'm reading, I'm, I'm to like the second, um, to the second pillar and there's four pillars and maybe she'll talk a little bit about that, but it's awesome because, um, Prima tells her story and it's real and it's not like weird or ooey gooey and it, it, you go through these exercises and they're, gosh, Prima, how long did it take you to put this program together? Cause I'm going to tell you, it's a good program. I like it. So, um, I, like everything, there's an evolution. So as I was working with one-on-one -on -one with people, uh, 
helping them discover their well coach. You know, I have a, had a certain principles I was teaching. And then I started to uh, teach workshops and, and such to people who didn't have their wealth code. But again, I wanted them to have a way to tap in. So the book helps you to tap into what are, what is your wealth code? And it's your gifts are represented by archetypes, which we'll talk about in a minute. But when I sat down to write the book, because I was getting the, um, the, peru the, the, the tap on the shoulder, which turned to the two by four for about <laughs> a year. And when I sat down, I actually actually um, sat down to write it and had it published within about seven months. And, and then the cards, we're working on the cards at the same time. They're all hand-painted um, paintings. I collaborated with an artist and I have all these gorgeous paintings in my home. But um, again, Divine was just saying, you know, you need to do this, you need to do this. And then, and then the journal. So, um, you know, again, it was an evolution of a body of work. And then I teach this in a lot of different ways. Like I have a whole program called the Sacred Wealth Journey, which takes you um, through the principles like the book addresses. But once you've had your Sacred Wealth Code reading, which is included, and it, and then I'm teaching um, eight hour long modules with worksheets and helping you re walking you through it and diving deep as if we're on retreat because I do this in retreat as well. So, you know, I have to say that if anyone has something that's really tapping them on the shoulder, a burning desire, you can't do it from your head. So you've got to sit down and interact with it or get up and interact with it. So it wasn't until I started actually writing things down, you know, yeah. uh, that it, it starts to talk to you. Like when I wrote the archetypes out, which represent all the high value gifts, they started to, to articulate even in a more articulated way. It was, it was like, wow, like they, they were coming to so, life in this whole new way. Well, yeah. So let me, let's talk about that real quick. Cause just so people understand, cause I've written and when I write, it comes through God, I can, I can hear exactly. it it's, and it's exactly. weird. And so that's what was happening to you, wasn't it? It's all channeled. Absolutely. I just get out of the way and let it come through. Yeah. And it, and you know what to write. And that's what you're talking about when you're, when you're doing the cards, you knew what to say. Cause yeah. I always wonder that like these cards are so right on and you're like, you do your, I always do angel cards, but now that I have your wealth cards, I do those too. And so I pick one every day, but I always wonder, well, how do you know, you know, how, and how does it work out that way? And so give us a little input yeah. on that. Cause a lot of so, people don't use cards. You know what I mean? Okay. So let, let me just talk about the archetypes and then I'll talk about the cards. Um, okay. and, and the cards are the pictures, of the archetypes, and then a booklet that tells you about each one of the, uh, archetypes, the, um, the archetypes themselves, after helping people understand what their gifts are, uh, the archetypes kind of stepped in, you know, like Nancy was just saying, like, you know, God tells you what you just like they just I opened up and they just showed up. Archetypes are a soul language. When I say to you, the mystic, the teacher, um, the collaborator, the leader, there's a whole story that just opened up for each and every one of you that's personal to you. And so it's a beautiful soul language and it allows your sacred wealth code to be even more personal because I think of these as being the best of us and being guides for us, but they're part of you. So, uh, when I started to write the archetypes, I, uh, let me just back up in Vedic astrology, all the planets have mythology that go along with them. I'm in the West. I speak English and I'm in mostly in Western culture. So as the archetypes came through, they, they are very true to their mythology from the East, but depicted in Western terms. And so as they started to, to articulate even more so, and the shadow side as well, uh, they, um, I don't know what to tell you, is they just channeled, but I'm taking them also from a, a true body of work within Vedic astrology. So each planet has three 
um, archetypes, and then the north and south node of the moon each have one. So there's 23 archetypes. And why it feels and rings true is because even if you're not working just directly with your sacred wealth code archetypes, which there's typically three to five, all of these aspects are within us somewhere. And so you, there's lots of ways. I mean, you could choose the leader for the day because you have to go and lead something and you need to get yourself up into that energy so you can use it that way, as well as the just choosing, you know, what archetype or archetypes, you know, could help me with this project, or do I need to focus on today, or where where might I be stuck and pick a card and look at what the shadow side is? Well, I will say when you pick a card or when I pick a card or anybody does, it's always on the money. The cards don't always. lie. Cards don't, don't lie. lie. I love one of my clients was saying yeah. uh, in our in our forum in one of our programs the other day. You know, she says, okay, I'm going to fess up. You know, I picked the administrator, which is ruled by Saturn, and then I threw it back in the deck. And then, I, <laughs> and, then and then it came up again. And then I didn't want, and I threw it back in the deck. She said, and it came up a third time. Okay, I surrender. Right, right. <laughs> well, no, and I see people, I didn't like that card. I'm going to change it. <laughs> you change how things are. <laughs> well, I would suggest if you do get that, if that happens to you, say, okay, and pick another card to help you along with that. And you always say, and I, I, I want to talk about envisioning what you want, because um, it's really important that you can visualize what you want. And I talk about this a lot in my book, Wake Up, the universe is speaking to you, but you have to feel it. You know, you can so feel it. Is the language of the body um, and uh, thoughts and visions are more the language of uh, the mind, Dr. Joseph Spence actually says, those are kind of his words on that. And I really like that because I've been living that way for a long time. So the feeling part of your vision, how your vision makes you feel like you could say, oh, I want that, you know, that new car, that new home, or I want to go to Italy. But if you're not feeling it, first of all, you're not going to attract it, number one. And it's not really the highest vision for you. Your that feeling is the vibration that speaks in the energetic realm of frequency in the world. Right. And in the, I should say in consciousness, not actually in the world. So how, you know, understanding what it is you want, but how it makes you feel, you've got to combine those two. And if you were to leave out the visualization and just do the feeling, you would be fine. If you only do the visualization without the feeling, you're, you're not going to really create what you want. Right. And that's the key to, to really the power of attraction or the power of creation. Cause I say, we're all little creators and, we you are. know, but a lot of people don't get that part about the feeling and that's the key. I guess that's what I'm trying to get across. Well, that's why you can't say an, an affirmation like I feel like I am wealthy and feel broke. It just right. it's incongruent. So you just cancel that baby out. So you have to get into the place of, so how do I feel wealthy if I don't feel wealthy? Well, there, you know, what is wealth going to bring for you? Well, for me, it's a deep sense of freedom and fulfillment. And if I can get into that, there's so many ways that I could get into freedom and fulfillment and feel that. Right. that um, and then right away I'm in um, feeling wealthy. And this is very similar to how your wealth code works at the intersection. You can think of it as two roads of purpose and prosperity. That is where your sacred wealth code lives. Your sacred wealth code is your superpowers, your highest value gifts. And it's held by these archetypes to help you connect with those highest value gifts. And, you know, when you can, uh, by using those highest value gifts, uh, whether it is like for me, obviously being an intuitive is, is one of those highest value gifts. I'm also a, a genius problem solver. So if I was, as long as I'm using my gifts, I'm literally at that intersection of purpose and prosperity. I'm connected to my purpose. I'm connected to my so wealth. 
you're on the you're on your right path. You're on the you're right on the right path. You're on the road. You and you don't have to. So many people get you know clarity is power. I do I agree with that, and that's that used to be one of my my names was the Queen of Clarity. Uh, <laughs> it's power, but really, where I help people, I have to say, is I help people get on the the road to to um, becoming aware. But also, I tend to work with highly conscious people who need to close that gap between what they know already in their mind is possible or principles that they know, but they're not embodying it and living it back to that feeling sense, back to the language of the body. We have to close that gap. And using your wealth code is using your high value gifts, um, breaking through the fear of being seen. I, I, I work with that in my programs for people because it's a big one, because uh, a lot of your gifts might be unseen gifts. And we tend to use in the world are seen gifts because that's what we were recognized for. But when you're using your gifts, again, to my point, and this is so important, I just want you to, like right now, anyone, just one of your gifts, if you're just really honest with yourself, whether you're using it or not, start using it. And by using it, you're in that zone and pay attention while you're in that zone of well, your Yeah. And, and when you do what you love and what's in your heart, the money comes. When you do it, what you love and, and and here's the key. When you do what you love and you stay on the path to getting over yourself and getting past your blocks and barriers. I like that getting over yourself part. <laughs> you know, that That is, um, it is so important because that you have to keep the roadblocks out of the way. And the more aware you become, sometimes the more roadblocks you see, but that's okay. It's just like continuing to clean house. And then the other one is to not give up and to not stop because people say, okay, well, yeah, well, I did that. And then they looked to the outside world before they could stand energetically behind themselves in their own gifts and say, here's, here I am. I'm going to do this because I love doing this no matter what. And when you can do that, and another thing I really work on with my clients, energetically stand behind yourself. You're living from the inside out and not look, keep looking to see, okay, well, do they like me? Okay, well, are they going to pay me for that? You've got to stand in your energy long enough for the world to get up to speed with you. That makes a whole lot of sense. Thank you for that, Prema. That makes a whole lot of sense. Do you find that, oh, this is just off the wall here, but yeah, do I love you, off the wall. <laughs> don't you find that, okay, so is it older people, like I say a little bit older, but like middle-aged to older that come to you because they're, they're like, wait a minute, this out stuff, outside material stuff isn't working and it, and they start to realize that it's the inside or is it all different age groups or, or what do yeah. you see? Um, so let, let's call this mature. Okay. Mature people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I absolutely do have a lot of mature clients because they've come to that point in life where they know there's something deeper and they really, they're after it. I actually do have younger clients too, because they, they, the ones that have woken up early and they know that they have, they tend to want to come for, um, like, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? I don't want to waste a lot of time. Uh, uh of course I work more with women than men only because more women se seem to be on the consciousness trained, but a lot of men are, are picking up on that. And I do, um, work with, with men as well, as far as that goes. And, um, but it is it, whether they're young or old, they're always like, okay, I've got to go deeper. There's got to be more here that I'm not aware of. And I want to become aware of it. That's so awesome. So, yeah. And that's, that's what I always think. Well, you can only help people who want to help themselves. Thank you very much. <laughs> It's true. That's why I have products too, so that people can see. <laughs> cool. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with the high road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to sign up for her intuitive personal coaching program or to book a psychic reading. Chase it, 
Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. had a weird weekend relaxing and reading through mental floss when I came across these rip-roaring R-words. I recognized a few of them, such as the old 18th century Scottish word ramfeasled, which means fatigued or exhausted. A couple more great R-words are ruckatly tuckatly, meaning crumpled or gathered up and ruched. Rouge is commonly used today to describe a flattering blouse or top. Rabbity is a 16th century word for an innocent fool, while Raffle Coppin is a rash, impetuous person, or maybe just somebody that gets carried away with our words. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road. And we're here with Premily Guerrera. And her book is called Your Sacred Wealth Code, Unlock Your Soul Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity. And how exciting. This is some really cool stuff, you guys. And her book is really good. Hey, if you need some help, I got to promote myself a little bit. Please. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm an intuitive as well. And I do some personal coaching. And uh, and I help you with your business, too. So visit my website at nancyyearout.com. Or you can email me. Uh, it's nancy at highroadtohumanity.com. So if you guys have questions or you know, if you're um, if you're interested in coming on the show, please email me. I'm always happy to answer emails. Um, Prema, this is our last segment. So, what's really important that we should talk about today uh, on this last segment? Yeah, let's touch on what the four pillars are. Okay. okay. Yeah. And um and and let's go from there. Okay. So the the there are four pillars of wealth in this in my body of work here, and uh, as I mentioned. We first start out with you understanding what your wealth dream is. And then from there, we go into uh, the first pillar of wealth, which is um, purpose, harnessing your soul's big why. And it's really important to understand why you desire what you desire. And when you know why, and in fact, you can write this down, why equals purpose. Mm -hmm. When you know the purpose of anything, then you've got purpose 
purpose will always pull you forward. Purpose is the vehicle to get you to that intersection of purpose and prosperity. You've got to know why. Uh, and then we bring that down again, like Nancy and I were talking about, to a feeling level. So you are having that experience from the get-go. The second pillar, and I, of course, in the book and through my programs, we go, we we dig deep into that, so you really understand it and have your own purpose. And then when we come to the second pillar of wealth, um, passion, which I call the essence of fulfillment, and I talk about passion a little bit differently. We also, you know, you'll hear follow your passion, which is beautiful if you know what the heck your passion is. But I talk about passion as being the fuel that gets you to the intersection of purpose and prosperity. It, it's the fuel for your purpose. It's the fuel for the vehicle. You might be just sitting there in your vehicle and you know what your purpose is, but you don't have the energy to get there. Well, you've got to be engaging daily in life on things that light you up, that inspire you, that just, and it doesn't have to be directly related to what you're doing to create wealth. Like for me, I have got to be in nature and I've got to use my body and do yoga and dance and hike. And I have to be with people and have deep conversation. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, I have to climb to the top of a mountain sometimes, you know, there's things that really light me up. And so it makes that, you, things that make you happy, that make you that joyous, make happy, right. joyous. Okay. And, you know, I could be, and maybe you all have had this experience. Maybe you're watching, uh, I could be watching a great music performance or maybe for you at sports or something. And all of a sudden I can get downloaded with just this inspiration about what I'm doing. It's not directly related, but again, it's lighting up your passion. Okay. And the third pillar is your highest value gifts. And so the archetypes, your sacred wealth could all hold your highest value gifts, but I help you in this part, really dig back into your childhood um, throughout life and really uncover what are a couple of your highest value gifts that you may or may not be currently using and help you get up to speed with that. Because again, your highest value gifts, they are what keep you in the zone of your sacred wealth code. That's really cool, by the way, Prima, that you that you are able to help people in that way. Yeah, and it's really important in the book, the process takes you to then eventually um, choose your own archetypes, or I like to say, let them choose you. So you need to go through these pillars so that you're not just choosing what you're good at, that you really get it. You know, you've activated, oh, looking for those high value gifts. And then the fourth pillar we could spend a whole day on, which is um, your greatest challenges, the, the, the um, unexpected gateway to wealth. And this again is the shadow side. And just like you could look back uh, and everybody do this for a minute. Look back at something that was a huge challenge for you in your life that you've already moved through and you can now see the blessing in. And we all have those. Well, you can see why it makes sense now. You can connect the dots. Well, that's where a lot of your uh, gifts can be locked up in the shadow side of your archetypes, in the shadow side of your wealth code. And so in this, I teach you how to break through some of that shadow and even articulate. You want to get honest with yourself because get excited. If you have, if you're stuck in the shadow, like for instance, the great nurturer, you know, and if you're stuck in the shadow of, you know, um, not being, you know, being overgiving and over emotional or martyrdom. Okay, none of us have that, right? Um, <laughs> none of us are perfect, own, but yes. You want to own that because that's like a piece of your gold is locked up there, and you've got to put your arm around that part of yourself and love that part of yourself up and get it out of the past 
into the present and I teach you how to do that. Um, and so once you go through those four pillars, you're ready to tune into who are really your archetypes. And if you want to get more laser about it, you come in and get a, a sacred wealth code reading. But I have to say that I, the learning about having this new mind heart set about what wealth actually is for you, whether you get a reading or not, is really important. Well, I just think it's about changing the mindset. Um, I'm real big on changing the mindset, and that's a lot about what you're talking about here. Things that happened to us earlier in childhood or maybe a traumatic experience that happened in life, and we've held on to it. Maybe we haven't let it go. Maybe mentally we thought we let it go, but it's still in there and hanging on. And we have to dig deep, I think is what you're saying, and clear those things up um, in order to move forward. We have to go within, right? We do, because... There and, and there's so much programming coming at us currently. Then we have all the energy we're financing our past with. Like imagine you have a hundred dollars worth of energetic currency a day to finance your life, okay? Right. And then you've got uh, you've got all the things you have to do today, right? And then you've got how you're taking care of yourself, and then you've got your past that you know about you're already financing, and then you have your fears and your beliefs that you don't know about unconsciously, and then you want to get creative or start a business or you know, or create more for yourself or maybe you need to heal. You've got to have enough energetic currency in present time in order to do that. So I have to say in my, in all of my work, whether I'm working with you personally or uh, any of my programs, I teach clearing processes. I do clearing process. I help you to clear these old beliefs, these old filters. And a lot of them we're not necessarily aware of because they're stuck in our subconscious and they just flare up in certain, certain situations that trigger them and they're there to protect you. Uh, but you don't need that protection anymore. Yeah, and that's interesting because a lot of people don't even realize um, that they are programmed in a certain way. But if you think about it, I mean, if you're if somebody tells you uh, you're not good enough your whole life, then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, yes, I'm good enough. But there's something inside that says, well, maybe you're not. And that's what you're talking about here. I just want to make clear because a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, we're so programmed from what? What do they say? Five or six years old, right? Oh, no, we're so programmed from birth. And by yeah. the time we are seven years old, a lot of our, we have a lot of this programming. We're living only in the subconscious realm until we're seven years old, basically. We haven't even come out of the subconscious until then. Uh, yeah, so, it, it, you know, these these beliefs get, um, uh, they just get so stuck in us. And you, you have to get a new mentality around it in that, like, some of the biggest beliefs that I see with people is number one, the fear of not being good enough at some level or the fear of failing. And then the fear of the unknown is kind of underlying everything. But yeah. unknown is where all the goodies are. That's where everything you want that you don't have is. It's unknown. And then the other one is, because I work with a lot of leaders, visionaries, change agents, entrepreneurs, the fear of being seen for your gifts. You know, that's, yeah. that's another big one. And we work through all of that because it's very important. Again, like I said, you've got to be able to be willing to stand in your own gifts, accept yourself, be seen by yourself in order to have someone else see you instead of waiting till, oh, okay, are they going to accept me over there? And, um, it just doesn't work that way. Prima, um, do you, and I know you feel a sense of accomplishment or do you feel a sense of peace after you've helped somebody? I mean, it's gotta Gosh. be a really good feeling. 
it's so good. That's why I love what I do. And even when it's like we're working through some hard stuff, I love what I do. And I feel so grateful and so honored and so privileged uh, to get to do that. So my work does energize me and when I'm in my gifts. And if I'm in too much of the logistics, I know, ha, better hire another team member. I need to get get with the people, you know? Right, right, right. No, and I can hear it in your voice and you can tell in your book um, that you really went through a lot and got to this point and you really believe in it strongly and you can tell that. And I want to tell the audience too, this isn't a long book or difficult book to read. It's very simple and do the exercises. Um, It really will help you and it's not weird. It's just really straightforward. And I (laughs) I think, well, you know, it's, it's not weird because one of my things is um as the the sage is one of my archetypes but taking spiritual principle taking universal principles and bringing them down to the earth and making them practical and understandable that's really a passion of mine yeah and that's what you're well you're doing it because um this was was very um easy to read and i would recommend this to anybody i just want you guys to know that tell us one more time prama where we can get um your books and where people can visit you or if they want yeah. to email, are they allowed can they email you they can email me absolutely okay. so um sacredwealthcode.com and you can hit contact there or you can email me at prema at solutionary s-o-u-l-u-t-i-o-n-a-r-y solutionary.com uh when you go to the website um take the free quiz and that'll also get you on my newsletter and stuff and you'll get updates and i send out you like i just sent out a super moon full moon thing um i do and i send out meditations and cool stuff and uh you know, and my stuff, the books are also there. Everything's available there on the site, my programs, my readings, and also the books and the cards and the journal. And if you want to just beeline over to Amazon, you can get just search for your sacred wealth code and you'll see the book and the cards and the journal all come up there. Yeah, that's that's what I did when I was uh, when I was looking for your journal. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And don't you believe I want I know we're almost to the end of the show, but really quick. Don't you feel strongly about journaling, about writing oh things gosh. down? Yeah. Yeah. Because when you, um, it's one thing, again, it's one thing you have that knowing or whatever, but then when you commit it to paper, you actually bring it down in through some other neural pathways. And then if you actually look at it and I'm asking you, um, some really deep prompts here. So you're telling yourself the truth. And then if you revisit it, you're like, cause you can get stuck in your daily stuff. And this way you come back to, Oh yeah, I remember this is what yeah. I'm really working on today. Yeah, I love the journaling thing, and, and that's something I have started to do, and I recommend that to everybody. Before you go to bed at night, you know, just say, hey, what you're thankful for, and, and do Absolutely. the same thing in the morning, because it changes your mindset. If you if you wake up and you're kind of a grumpy soul, then wake up and grab that journal, leave it right next to your bed, and start journaling about what you're grateful for before you get out of the bed, and then Absolutely. maybe you'll be in a better mood. Yeah, hey, listen, next week, we're going to have a wonderful guest. Patty, Patty Conklin is here. Her book is called God Within, The Day God's Train Stopped. This is going to be a good one, you guys. So that's next week. And I just really want to thank Prema for being here on the high road. Um, It's been a wonderful show, and I hope you'll join us back again. And you guys get out there and get her book and get these cool cards because you'll absolutely love it. And visit me on my website, nancyyearout.com. Prema, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. For me, something I could give a damn about And maybe 40 years And I've been ready and willing and able to edit the story Cause there's so many people here to be so damn lonely Hey you guys, join me next week on the high road For more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future Have a fabulous week And know when you stay on the high road You make it to your destination 
Visit my website at nancyyearalt.com where you can sign up for my intuitive life coaching or a psychic reading. If you have any questions, please email me at nancyyearalt at gmail.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T at gmail.com. This is Nancy Yearout lighting the way to your high road to success. Right now, I'm switching to a new lane. Foot to the floor, man, searching for the real thing. Somebody else sometimes ain't no shame. Head to the clouds, ain't. It's like, can I get a-